has been wild about today. Just a lot of ups and downs, you know? Yeah. A lot of... Do you hear that, Carl? What's that? Can you hear... Listen. Can you hear the people sing? Do you hear it in the distance? (laughs) Singing the songs of angry fans. Dude, those Lego people don't joke around when you call them serial killers. I got a very angry letter from a Mr. Timmy Obibane, who... uh, I'm sorry, who? Timmy Obibane. Obibane. Yeah. I don't know why you're laughing. (laughs) He's pretty mad about Legos. I can't imagine how mad he's going to be about you making fun of his name. I hate that our first uh, fan mail read is going to be a negative one, but let's go ahead. Let's hear it. I don't want to blow your mind, but not only is it a negative one, it's completely made up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's go with it anyway. (laughs) He writes, um, Dear sirs, uh, Carl, love the podcast so far, but don't have that jerk Noah as a special guest ever again. Calling all Lego fans serial killers in training, that was a little extreme. Sincerely, Timmy Obabene. And I just want to reply to Timmy, Timmy, I didn't call you serial killers in training. I called you serial killers. <laughs> but I wish I had thought of calling you serial killers in training. That's pretty funny. And I did just think of it because I made all of that up. That's good. I was going to say, uh, we. I wanted to make the record straight. We never said that it was serial killers in training. Adult Lego uh, fans are serial killers. That was what we get the sound bite right. Okay. Uh, well, it's the it price got, to pay the imaginary yeah. price to pay of imaginary fandom and uh, <laughs> uh, fame and fortune. So, yeah. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Carl. So, you know, this is, oh, we got some podcast. news. You got news. Got some news. Uh, yeah. So before we get started, uh, people may remember also from our first podcast that uh, you mentioned it would be only you that would be the one doing all the work to find a sound wave and that you would be the one that would find the sound wave. I believe I came in clutch with two sound waves for one for me and one for you, Noah, and all that shit talk. And I'm the winner. I win. Well, it's more of a briar patch situation, I guess, because you, you win too, (laughs) but I am the hero in this story. You are the hero, Carl. You're the hero we deserved. Um, but not the one we need right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, you say that like you're rubbing it in my face, but that was my plan all along. You were being a punk about it, and so I motivated you. That's what I do. I'm a motivator. <laughs> Thanks, Coach Noah. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, if you can just get the cassettes, uh, we'll be good to go. But you won't yeah. do it. You won't do it. So don't there we go. There it, it is. Yeah. There it is. Nope, impossible. I'll show you, Coach Noah. I'll climb the top of that rope. Did I mention I'll my... do more than just the flex arm hang. <laughs> did I mention my new best friend Manny on the first podcast? I can't remember. You did. You Can did I announce your that new best... he is now my old best friend Manny because he totally left me high and dry? Because that's you what can. you should expect from people on the internet is to freaking uh, not pick you up sound waves when they're in your area. I think we need to make it a rule um, in the future. Just to, anytime we refer to someone else and we can't use their name, we just call them Manny. The new, While the original Manny. Manny is really named Manny, 
going forward, all other subsequent people mentioned on the podcast are now Manny. You know, I just re- here here's the message to Manny. I mean, he's my, clearly- so my mom Manny uh, the other day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> here's a message to Manny because uh, you know clearly he's into toys. Also, yeah. clearly he's into dishonesty and not keeping <laughs> his word. But that so anyway, so there's a chance that someday Manny might listen to this podcast. Um, a little bit of a chance. So I just want to say this to you, Manny. Fuck you. <laughs> You jerk. Can't believe I wasted all those texts. Um, <laughs> that did not go the way I expla- uh, expected. So I did expect. Uh, I just needed a backup because I felt like you were really going to fail at this. So it is what it is. No, I, I hear you. And and I don't blame you. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, just now that we've cleared the air on uh, the sound wave, uh, I reign victorious. I uh, just wanted to welcome everybody to episode two of Play With It, where we talk toys, board games, and lots of other things we should have outgrown. I am one of your co-hosts, Carl, and once again, we have a special guest with us, the Robin to my Batman, Noah. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Um, I'm really happy to be the special guest on this episode. You said co-host. Who's the other host? Oh, I no, you're right. I guess I shouldn't have. <laughs> there is no other. It's just <laughs> Carl and a special guest. So, um, yeah, don't get used to me, guys. Just don't, I'm pretty don't cool, poke ho- holes in my story, okay? <laughs> I'm pretty cool, but I won't be here forever. Just a special guest. Yeah, so I thought we would talk about some board games. Oh, uh, sorry, this episode. Carl. I keep interrupting. I'm. It's actually been two weeks since we recorded last, and I'm just full of gumption right now. Uh, we need to talk, buddy. I listened to our edited version of our first podcast. Sounds great. You did a great job editing the ums and ahs of you, but all of mine are still in there. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually edited a couple of yours. Oh, just a couple. I, well, here's the thing. I talk in fragments and it bothers the shit out of me when I was editing and you actually have complete thoughts that you put together. So I figured uh, yours just didn't need as much doctoring, but if you feel like I need to put some more attention into it, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, you can cut all of this out. I don't even know why I brought it up. I'm gonna leave everything in, dude. I'm not gonna. This is a raw. This is a raw take, guys. I'm gonna definitely cut what I just said out. <laughs> anyway, okay. sorry. Four games. No, you're good. Oh, you know what? We forgot to line up. We oh. should clap. There we go. There we go lined up this is so stupid this is not the empire strikes back of podcasts this is definitely attack of the clones of podcasts (laughs) we're talking (laughs) about second in a trilogy (laughs) oh man all right well today i want to talk board games uh last episode we talked about toys and how it's my fault that you got into them and today i want to talk about board gaming which i got into because of you that's true um Right now, I am playing Arkham Horror, the card game. It's from Fantasy Flight Games. They make X-Wing and Star Wars games. I think they have the license for most uh, Star Wars board games. They do Descent, which is like a dungeon crawl game. Uh, yeah, so Arkham Horror is pretty cool. So you, it's a card game. You play investigators investigating Cthulhu. Everyone knows. If you don't know what that is about by now, Cthulhu and investigators, 
Um, if you don't immediately get an image of your mind of what that's all about, you've literally been living under a rock because it's pretty popular stuff these yeah. days. Since the 20s. <laughs> yeah. um, so you basically have a board of cards that drive a narrative. And what's pretty cool about it, you can play it completely solo. You can have a partner to play it with. I think you can even play it up to four people. You need two core sets to do that, though. Um, and then you follow the narrative of the cards, which uh, the story, I've only played a little bit of it, but the story actually seemed pretty cool you've played a lot more of it though so how invested were you in it so i mean i just got the the core set originally i think i traded a friend and it was something that's been on my list for a while i like story driven games um i'm not a highly competitive person because i'm terrible at gaming so it's all about just enjoying the story i want a little bit of a challenge because i don't want to just have my hand held throughout the game but at the same time you know, I want a story. I want to yeah, get immersed. Absolutely. I've always enjoyed the theme of like the Lovecraftian stuff. I've yet to find a game that had the tone and vibe and background, but it wasn't like a slog mm-hmm. to play. Like I said, it was on my list and I traded it, uh, got it out on a whim and I, we enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, the wife and I got it out. You, you build decks for each player. It's uh, only 30 cards. Up to two copies. The cool thing I liked about it, you can build decks if you're like that. If you're coming from the Magic, the Gathering world, you can customize and min-max right. your deck uh, all over the place. But you don't have to. They have pre-built decks for characters, and you can just play it to experience the story. Uh, and that works absolutely fine, too. It does. It's great because I'm someone that wants to tinker with the deck a little bit. I'm not a huge deck builder, but I do come from like a Magic the Gathering background while my wife just wants to let's just play let's play um she's an old school gamer everything like monopoly and everything yeah, she plays there's no deck child. building in monopoly um yeah exactly so it was all just you have everything you need you start playing and you play she gets she shies away from games that require deck building customization this game really allows you to play it either way and you're playing against the game you're not playing against each other, which Magic the Gathering, other card games are like a head-to-head type of game. Uh, this is being cooperative. You don't have to build decks. You get started really easily. A lot of other games that are kind of narrative-driven, they're very similar. You get two actions. You have different rooms you're going to. Moving is an action. Uh, playing a card is an action. Uh, there's some resources that you can gather. That's an action. The rule book is really easy to understand. It has another pamphlet that's like a getting started to kind of walk you through your first game. I think we did that because, again, it was a whim. It's not one of those games where we picked it up. It's really dense. It's got a thick book, and then you have to read it and set aside time to look into it and then play it another time, which we've done games like that. While those games are rewarding, this one we were up and running and having fun in just a matter of a few minutes. We had pre-constructed decks from what it recommended in the in the manual, and we just went to town. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed what little bit I played of it. I, I'm just not a big card game player, so it, it didn't capture me, but I could see why it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I just want to kind of um, reiterate, it doesn't really play like um, other card games. It's kind of a game that happens to be made of cards, True. but there is a deck involved and a hand that those are elements that are in card games. So it kind of blends those genres. So if you are someone out there that doesn't like, oh, I don't play card games, you should sh- still check it out. 
It wasn't Noah's cup of tea, and I understand that. Don't shy away from giving it a shot. Uh, you get to play like three scenarios inside the box. You can play one-offs, or you can play as a campaign and just go through all the different scenarios. And we've we've gone through several of the scenarios. We're not caught up by any means because they're constantly putting out new content. Um, you can keep using the same characters, they, but they come out with new characters um, new cards to add to your deck to customize it. You get points to power up your decks so that you have more powerful versions of the cards you started out with. There's a lot of cool mechanics in it. It was just complex enough for it to be challenging, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is like so heady and um, a slog to play like some games I played. So I, I highly recommend it. If, it, if you seem interested, you can grab it from your local game store and uh, it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. Yeah. I I don't want to give the wrong impression that it's not that I didn't necessarily like it. Just card games have a hard time grabbing my attention, but one of the cool things, like the story seems is pretty cool. Like it's, it's well-written. It's engaging a lot of replayability because you can actually have branching paths, which is something pretty interesting in a, a, a card game. So I would definitely recommend it too, um, especially if you want if you want a card game, but you don't want to get into a collectible card game. Those living card games, and I haven't played a lot of them, but I assume all of them are generally the same theme as Arkham. You're probably going to have a good time as far as mechanics. Yeah, that's true too. There are several games available from Fantasy Flight Games that are living card games that are similar in style, but they have different themes. And I'm sure they're not reskins uh, of the same game. It's not like, oh, well, you will like Game of Thrones, so here's a Game of Thrones version. Or, oh, you like Lord of the Rings, here's the same game with Lord of the Rings art. I'm pretty sure they're completely different games they'll share some similar mechanics while arkham horror might not be the flavor you're looking for because i know some people will shy away from the cthulhu stuff especially now because we're all in overload everybody's got a game i mean hell fantasy flight games has at least four or five games that are in the same universe with the same characters. They're just different games. Some of them are like board game versions. Like Arkham Horror has a board game. Mansions of Madness, I think, is another one. So they they built a whole line of games with that theme. Um, yeah, if it sounds interesting to you, but not the world, then check out some of the other ones. Now, I think uh, kind of the main topic of discussion, there's been a little bit of buzz. Uh, we're at coming off the heels of Gen Con uh, at the time. Or as I hear it called on the streets of the internet, Smell Con. Apparently it's a pretty smelly place. I've never been there. Oh, God. (laughs) You go there if you want to like really stock up on some interesting smells. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sure that adds to the experience for sure. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying I agree with that uh, opinion or I'm not denigrating anybody. I just heard some pretty funny or saw some pretty funny conversations on the internet about that. <laughs> I've been to some conventions, uh, not gaming conventions yet, but I do want to go to get Gen Con next year. Um, but I have smelled some smells. When you have a big group of people anywhere, um, there there's different smells. And then you add people that don't always wash yeah. <laughs> to the mix. You're going to have, it's a statistical thing. You're going to have people yeah, that don't on. bathe the more people you have in one place. Can you smell so, uh, the people smell? <laughs> Emitting the odor of angry men. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, let's take it back to, I want to say, 2016. Whoa, where did you get that time machine? Oh, let's let's go, go back into the time machine to uh, a text you sent me. It was a link to a Kickstarter. But one of the groundbreaking games launched a 1.5 edition Kingdom Death Monster. And you sent me a link to Kingdom Death Monster. Wait, let, let me tell. I looked no, at this on. thing. That's a much more interesting part of the story. Let me let me tell my part of the story. Sure. Right? Yeah. Let's let Noah tell from his perspective how he wrote me in. You're to still not telling just it. you're still telling a it, very. Let me tell my story. I was I was I was no I was no. Let up. me tell it. I can tell it. All right, um, go for it. I sent Carl a text about this pretty cool game. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So uh, I get this text. I didn't even know what to make of it. You got all these crazy. Um, the miniatures are insane. Crazy miniatures. Billion miniatures. All these cards, these graphics that are just like dark. I don't even know how to just macabre. Uh, and I think they call it uh, like a horror board game. This isn't a horror themed episode. It just happens to go along with and i'm not that much of a horror fan but this game man it's crazy uh yeah i I would call it crazy defies all laws you know it's one of those things it probably it probably would have existed still in some form without kickstarter but the sheer scope and madness contained in the box probably would not have existed without it and the fact that what blows my mind about Kingdom Death? I mean, the game is great. I, I, we're front. I'll just front load it right now. It's probably one of my m- most favorite interactive experiences, like video games, like all that stuff. Like Kingdom Death is probably the one that speaks to my soul the most. And the fact that it was a first time, or well, technically second, but first time board game Kickstarter, and made like a bananas amount of money and actually fulfilled at the scale that it did is just a testament to the people behind creating it. And the exciting thing about this new Kickstarter was that hype had been building because it had been sold out forever in order to buy the core game on eBay. I think at that point you had to spend like eight or $900, maybe even sometimes 1200 to get a hold of it because it was a fairly limited print run, even though they'd made $1.2 million, just the game was fairly expensive and the people who had it only had good things to say about it and not a lot of people had it so going into this kickstarter everyone had been waiting to get a copy at a reasonable price it was super exciting because the adam poots the creator of the game for the first kickstarter he just went above and beyond packed it full of content it it blew everyone away with what they actually ended up receiving. Um, so going into this Kickstarter, everything I was reading was like, oh my gosh, we have to get in on this. Like, this is a great opportunity to like get in on something that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and just as someone that had played some uh, card games in the past, uh, I'm taking a look at the their campaign page and I'm seeing all of this content, just so much content. You can tell there was a lot of story behind everything. I was having a hard time figuring out how the game was actually played because the visuals were so stimulating. I backed it. Noah backed it. We were actually able to get like a special early bird uh, in, in there with some special things. And I got to tell you, the the creator, Adam Poots, 
he's a guy that will not release something unless he's 100% satisfied with it. And this guy will constantly over deliver with content. He's got a vision. He's a creative type. And he's so passionate about this project. It showed during the campaign. And I can't tell you how exciting it was to see and follow. Because I think it was like a month long. It might have even been longer than a month. Uh, it closed out in January. Uh, but I think it started right before Black Friday or on Black Friday. Uh, Craig, if I I'm think wrong. So. I don't have, I don't um, the money just kept rolling in. He was engaging with everybody. He had exciting reveals. It did wildly more than he ever dreamed of. It closed out at $12.3 million. Like, I can't conceptualize getting $12.3 million from a board game without being like Hasbro. This is a small indie company and it just. It blew everybody away. And those were the good days. uh, And those days are gone (laughs) for some people. (laughs) Yeah. Because Uh, what happens is. I'll I'll say this. You know, all of that praise on Adam Poots and Kingdom Death. um, He is a perfectionist, but only about certain things. Uh, If you're looking for perfect spelling or editing on any of the game content, (laughs) you shouldn't expect that. Uh, if you're looking for timely delivery in any way, you shouldn't expect that. If you're looking for communication uh, <laughs> from him about where and when you can expect things, you shouldn't expect that. To me, those issues aren't necessarily right. the biggest, but I've seen enough angry people in the Kickstarter comment to know that to some people they are. It's a really big deal to them. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from having such a engaging campaign uh, during the That's true. It was night and day and and every single day he had something crazy he was revealing and then once he took a break he pretty much went radio silent he said he would but even he has let himself down on communicating with the kickstarter backers because uh, we're now fast forwarding to two plus years later you could probably count how many updates there's been on one <laughs> hand but i will tell you when he does an update it, he is unloading all kinds of reveals of the like new models. And I got to tell you, if you're a gamer that plays things like Warhammer or any other kind of miniature-based game, these are some of the best, most articulated, beautiful, and disturbing in, at times models anyone has ever made. They are so ambitious. Some of the new stuff that he's releasing, I can't believe the amount of engineering that had to go into creating these models just to play a board game is mind-blowing. They are so beautiful. They're works of art. And um, like Noah said, this was not a campaign to get into if you expected to be getting a play-by-play. Can we go back to the um, models, constantly? Absolutely. I just want to talk about the giant elephant dick in the room. (laughs) These models can be a little outrageous uh, with their anatomy. And that's kind of a hard, that was a hard hurdle for me to get over at some point. Some of them are absolutely beautiful and stunning. Some of them are just off the wall ugly. And like, it's clearly a design decision. It's on purpose. Um, So I would say that, and some of them are just covered in dicks. (laughs) So I would say if you are interested in all, because we haven't even talked about the actual game yet. um, But if, if you start hearing, that's true. We're going hearing about it. You know, you listen to this and you're interested at all. Um, just know you might Google it and see something that is the worst thing you've ever seen and it completely turns you off. I would say dig a little deeper. There's so much content. I guarantee there's something that everyone 
will like. Um, but I just know for me, like there's a whole section of the kingdom death company that I just don't care for at all, which is the pinups. I don't care about half naked miniature women and right. men now. Um, that's just not something that titillates me. So, and when we first backed the game and we're excited about it, I actually hesitated <laughs> to tell people because when you Googled kingdom death, the first thing that popped up was, I think the Satan miniature, which is a woman covered in tongues and penises. <laughs> so, you know, and I was just like, yeah. no, that's not a good look. I, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, but that's just part of it. Luckily, I'll say that the game is toned back a little bit more from like the pinups and the more outlandish stuff for the most part. I know coming soon, the Satan miniatures will be actually part of the game. Um, but there's so much game to explore. You don't even have to touch the stuff you don't like, especially now. Uh, for, it used to be like you would have to buy, for example, the Gorm expansion because it was an early quarry and it helped keep the game fresh. But that miniature is very ugly and I hate it. Um, so. I might have hesitated to buy it. Well, really what happened is I bought it anyway because I wanted to play the game, but I, I don't like the miniature. But now with all of these expansions coming, there's going to be a lot of content you can get a hold of and pick and choose and skip out on the ugly miniatures if that really detracts from your experience. Yeah, that's a good disclaimer. Um, this game is mature and for mature audiences, it's not super obscene, but there are a lot of dicks. And there it's obscene are, there, in a weird way. It's obscene. Yeah, I don't think it's obscene to anyone who's been on the internet. I don't know. It's obscene to a grandma, like. But like, oh yeah, if you've been on the internet, it's fairly tame. There's not really sexual violence or anything like that, which is where I kind of draw my personal line. Um, but there's naked people. That's there's better monsters made of vaginas it, yeah. and penises, um, which I don't necessarily find offensive, but some people might. Um, but like the really horrific stuff, I would say it's it's pretty tamed back yeah so um anybody that's interested you should check out their website and just see what the core game entails take a look at the miniatures so another thing is it's incredibly expensive the base game alone yes. is 400 dollars right now um on their website with free shipping anywhere in the world which the the box is huge it's 19 pounds of content and so free shipping is a big deal for that i think um but 400 is a sticker shock for a board game but what you get out of that even just the core box alone is hundreds and hundreds of hours of entertainment it is and if you think about it and you put it along other things that other hobbies that can take up time like a video game the hours of entertainment dollar per hour is on par with other major like paintballing or something well, like of that video games can get really think of, super expensive think of video games. Yeah. One video game costs $60. Some video games you get six to nine hours out of. Um, so, yeah. you know, you kind of do the math and you're literally going to get hundreds of hours and probably not get bored. Like you could easily get a hundred hours out of it and not get bored because you've seen everything. Um, that's where it starts making a little bit more sense of, Oh, oh, that's why this is so expensive. You know, it's just more more content than yeah, probably so has ever been stuffed into a board game. Just to put it in perspective, as amount of content this game is, the game has three phases that last an hour and a half plus, and the game is designed to be played. All three phases makes one year, and there are thirty five years in game. So thirty five years taking what we're looking at like four plus hours 
times 35. That's a lot of gameplay, and that's just the core game. So just to give you some perspective, this is not a casual game that you play and then that's it. You play it in phases in a giant campaign. Um, there'll be more flexibility as it goes on, but it is a lot of content. Let me explain the game just kind of in general because um, it's a pretty interesting yeah. mishmash of different types of games. And from the outside, it seems like it would be very, very complicated. So in essence, you play a settlement of what the game calls survivors who live in this nightmarish world and you hunt monsters for resources. You bring them back to your settlement and then you manage the settlement um, and then you hunt monsters, fight them for resources. And that's kind of the cycle as wandering monsters called nemesis show up and try and kill you all. And honestly, everything kills you all. The game tries to kill you. The game's called kingdom death. You die a lot. And the game is very interesting in that it's not about your individual characters because on any given fight, you pl- you control four different characters, but it's not about them. If you get attached to them, you're going to be real sad. Uh, Carl and I both learned a pretty interesting lesson when we first started playing, which was don't name your characters after family members. <laughs> or friends. Uh, because some horrific things happen to them, and it's a little bit of a bummer to hear that um, you know your friend Manny uh, got his eyes replaced by uh, bugs that chewed his brain out or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that is kind of the cycle that Carl was talking about is building your settlement, advancing it, fighting, and then going from there. The great thing about the game is when you look at it from the outside, it does seem very, very complicated. There are a lot of moving parts, but what's so brilliant about it is that it has been refined down to the bare minimum essence for each one of those parts, the most entertaining basic structure. And it's actually very easy to learn the game. What's hard about the game is managing it because there are so many moving parts and it takes a lot of table space. Uh, I know I've constantly forgotten rules or a little bit of little plus one strength or things like that just because there is so much and I typically play alone. I I like it as a solo game, but actually learning everything was very, very easy. It's just keeping track of all the little details. That is the struggle. I'll completely agree on that. You know, dipping your toe in is getting the core set and it's more than enough content to keep you playing for months. You don't need anything else. You can, you can play segments. You can come back. The game kind of saves itself, so to speak, in that you have all of your characters and their stats and um, your settlement information is all recorded. There's a lot of record keeping. So keep that in mind if you're okay with that. But if you come from like a, a role playing game background or something like that, a lot of it is very similar, but it is refined. It, it doesn't feel as granular as something like Pathfinder. Uh, it, it doesn't get in the way, but you do need to do it. There's a lot to keep track of. But point is, I was so concerned that I just dumped a ton of money into a game that while super beautiful and would be hard to get otherwise, or at least had been hard to get at the time, would I even be able to play this game? I have no idea. I sat down with the wife, who is more of a casual gamer than I am. The rule book has all the answers in it. I didn't feel like the rules were tough to understand. I think they just did a really great job of kind of distilling a lot of different play mechanics into their core functions and finding a way to have them all work together that makes sense. Because I don't recall seeing something 
while I was playing and be like, I don't have any idea what, like, why would you do this? This doesn't really make sense to me. Like I've played games where you're just like, this is counterintuitive. And I felt like you wouldn't jump into playing this game anyway, unless you had some kind of background in the games and you're ready to take that next. It's a hobby in itself. So you're, you're, this is not aimed for like the Arkham horror gamers. Like this is the other end of the spectrum. But even then, I didn't feel like it was hard to jump in and all of the uh, mechanics made sense and made it a lot easier to keep track of. And beyond all of these beautifully designed systems and amazing miniatures that at the time were definitely above and beyond anything almost anyone was putting out, including Games Workshop, who I don't think were really killing it in plastics and resins at that time. People really hated their, their what was it, armor cast or fine cast <laughs> and things like that. Fine cast, um, yeah. So it really, I think, pushed the industry forward a lot. Um, so that's great too. But beyond all of that, it's just incredibly fun. The um, The moments you can have in the game when you're fighting monsters Every game, you're going to have a moment where it's life or death on a die roll and you're going to like exclaim verbally no matter which way it goes because you're so excited. Like I just every time there's a roll where I'm just like, I mean, either way, I'm going to like lose my mind which way it goes. But I don't know. There's just so many moments like that where someone dies hilariously or, uh, you know. The character you named after your (laughs) mother-in-law, you know, something horrible (laughs) happens to her. (laughs) Or um, like me, the very first time I played, I got to um, Lantern Year 10. So you can imagine the time investment. You're looking at probably about three hours per time Lantern Year. And then I ran into a monster that took my four survivors or characters and then sent them back in time to the beginning. (laughs) So I had to go through all of that again. (laughs) And uh Stuff like that. And, you know, the game isn't necessarily always fair. And that's kind of one of the things I like about it is you have to make effort to mitigate that unfairness, if that makes sense. It's all very dice driven. Sometimes you roll on a table and you just die just because that's the way it is. But that will only bother you if you let yourself get too emotionally attached to characters. And that's not really the point of the game. Um, So if you can avoid that, that sort of stuff shouldn't annoy you too much. Yeah. And like you said, it kind of does a good job of making it known quickly that it's not about the characters. It's about the whole, it's about the settlement and the, the collective. There's a lot of mechanics that are based around the collective and growing that collective. So yeah, with that in mind, it's got kind of a dark souls type of vibe when it comes to its difficulty at times, but I'm actually not a fan of the dark souls games, but I know a lot of people are. Um, but this is a lot more accessible. You have some terrible things that happen, but it seems to be pretty easy to laugh it off, and it doesn't ruin the game. I, they found some way to ride that razor's edge of like, I can't believe that crazy thing just happened, and it's okay, we'll get them next time. And uh, that is an art in itself, and it really speaks to the quality yeah, of the game. Highly recommended. And again, it's an expensive buy-in. Just don't buy some other games. Save up for it. It's worth it. You'll get way more out of it than you would out of Monopoly. Or that's what that's what hardcore board gamers play yeah, these days, right? Absolutely. Now I'll say that as someone that has dropped you know hundred bucks per you know cool mini or not game, and after you get a couple of those, you're not going to bring that to the table as much as you would Kingdom of Death. So it's really if you are really into tabletop gaming and you are ready for something that is a campaign, it'd be great for a group of people 
Um, I play with the wife, so I've done two people. I played a few one-off scenarios, which is not really designed to do that, but you can kind of play the intro with a friend uh, or a couple friends just to have a nice, you know, couple hours of getting them into it, getting them uh, to experience it. But I know that gamer groups will get together. Uh, if you have like a, a game night group, basically plays up to four players. Can do technically up um, to six. There's rules in the book for it. Yeah, there are. Okay. Okay, that's cool. I haven't done that, and I don't know what is compensated to do so, but it's such a good game that it would be worth doing. But if you just think about it, think you got a group of four guys uh, and gals that meet. They want something they can play uh, as a campaign like some D&D groups do. You guys go in together to get the game. The cost is a lot lower, and a lot of entertainment for for that amount of money is actually a kind of a bang-for-buck situation. Highly recommend it if I you guys are in that, that because you're all going to want to keep it. <laughs> it's it's definitely a game you with probably that's out true. right now and all the content that's coming. It's a board game you could play for the rest of your life. That's fair. That's fair. That's uh, your mileage may vary type of situation. I'm joking. That would be a great way to get the game if you can't get it any other way. Classic Noah changing his opinion in the middle Whatever. of making his opinion. Um, and then of last <laughs> because I'm done talking. Um. My favorite part of Kingdom Death is <laughs> that you can accessorize the crap out of it to make it that fiddly management stuff a lot more manageable and um, get cool card holders and apps to use. And if you're finding it to be a drag in that regard and it's really hurting the enjoyment of your game, you should head on to Board Game Geek and like search through the forums about ways other people have streamlined that section, that part of the game, because you can you can really make it a lot easier on yourself and then also get really cool things like custom inserts and stuff like that. So then your box can be like mine and weigh 47 pounds <laughs> with the insert and all the expansions. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of resources out there to go along with the game. There's a dedicated fan base for this game that put out a lot of information on Board Game Geek and uh, other sources. So just click around and there's bound to be a fan that's put up some really good information about the game. But don't get into the spoilers because it's not super story driven, but it's very conceptual. And the less you know about the perils that await you, uh, the more fun it'll be. Because I got to tell you, there's been some real nail biters that we've encountered that I can't believe we got out of. And it was very thematic. And uh, had we knew about that fight, we would have played it differently and it wouldn't have been um have the impact but i've had some of my best gaming moments in this game yeah thanks for listening to kingdom death the podcast guys um i'm special guest noah i won't be here <laughs> next time but maybe i'll stop by again um on another podcast thanks yeah thanks guys um do you have anything fancy to say at the end i don't know last time you made you me a call shut to up action and if you don't, uh, I'm just going to do my do have a call action that I do when I special guest on these. Fair enough. I don't have one yet, but we're going to have a website. We'll have an email set up by the time you listen to this. We're going to save up a few of these episodes, release them all at the same time. You guys can check out the first few episodes and uh, we'll let you know how to contact yeah, us in due time. Send us emails. So, uh, Tell us thanks for uh, listening. where we're doing good, what we could do better. Uh, we're not experts at this. Um, I probably won't ever become an expert because I'm just a special guest, but Carl can take all the, you know, he can use all the help he can get. Um, so anyway, thanks a lot, Please. guys. And don't forget, play with it. <laughs>